0: Hey, folks, and welcome to the Daily Ratings Podcast. It's a show where each week we'll sit down with Vincent Daly to get his thoughts on the latest movies he's been watching, both older films and new releases. And don't worry, there's no spoilers. Vince will give a brief review of the movie, share some thoughts, and of course, then rate the film. The daily ratings are always fair, honest, and most importantly, they're consistent. On today's show, Vince will be rating and reviewing Fast and the Furious 6, directed by Justin Lin, Furious 7 by James Wan, The Fate of the Furious by F. Gary Gray, F9 The Fast Saga by Justin Lin, and finally, newly released fast 10 directed by louis leterrier it's gonna be a great show folks so stay tuned and enjoy Vincent Daly, how we doing, buddy? Thomas, how's it going? Room vroom. I'm doing well. How's, <laughs> how's it going on the other side of the table, you my know, friend?
1: I thought I have expected to walk into a Corona uh, in your hand. <laughs> Handed me light lime and all. You know <laughs> what are
0: you talking about? Uh, what it, do you mean?
1: Corona, they drink Corona in every every film. It's it's Dom's thing. Oh, is it really? Oh yeah, yeah. Big <laughs> I big I advertising.
0: Didn't money. know the meme. Sorry. <laughs> didn't. <laughs> um, okay. Another another big week for. You <laughs> when we last recorded, you had watched seven, you yeah. Know? So, here you had three more to knock three off.
1: Three more took, took the entirety of the week to <laughs> stomach down the three more, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um,
0: folks, if you want to get all caught up, listen to last week's mm-hmm. special. It's uh, the fast movies one through five. We're mm-hmm. gonna handle six through ten now. Yeah, it's quite the journey that we're on. We're halfway through. Yeah, yeah. If you want to, should we jump? Should we just jump right in, when, like where we last started? Any?
1: Uh no, not gonna. Any, any housekeeping or? No, I, I guess I, I just wanted to say that I, I think now with the full ten under the belt, mm, yes, was it worth the whole idea? <laughs> yeah, was it worth the whole idea of watching them? No, from the movie watching experience. Yep. Uh, so folks at home, if you find you use the podcast as kind of a watching guide in any kind of functionality of it, uh, definitely not one to emulate like we do with the <laughs> director studies or the writer studies. You know, this is not the one to, you know, read along with. But I will say, uh, especially for, I mean, almost, it's fascinating, if only for Fast 10. It was very useful having the entire series under my belt because oh, I could okay. just, it was just so, I mean, it was honestly easy to call the coin on, you know, heads or tails, is this good, is this bad, Okay. So, okay, all right, very good. Yeah, with the entire series in the rear view. <laughs>
0: yeah, so, I mean, it's just funny. It's just like, hey, thank God I watched the nine films. Because it made Judge in the Tenth really easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> that's basically it. Um, okay, so basically... <laughs> so really... If you had to sit through all of the extended editions Lord of the Rings or watch all 10 Fast and Furious, it's really a no-brainer you unfo- for the two people in the world wondering <laughs> if that's the case or not. Right, right. Yeah, actually,
1: very <laughs> specific two people. You being one of them, uh, I would I would say begrudgingly, uh, yes. I, I could not disagree with that. I don't know why begrudgingly. I think, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: okay. All right. So let's go ahead. We are in 2013. This is Fast and Furious 6. We're coming off of Fast 5 both directed by Justin Lin. Yep. Uh, Justin Lin is all over this franchise, covering five of them total? Of the Uh ten?
1: Four. Uh, yeah,
0: we'll but, th- but really the most pivotal ones. We have three last week, and we have two today. Oh, uh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's five. That's five. five. <laughs> uh, okay, Fast and Furious 6. They're, they're just... Pumping them out. I mean, 2013.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it clockwork
0: like every two years it's, now. Right. When it was three years before. So, yep. okay, 2013, PG 13, two hours and 10 minutes, Fast and Fury 6. The human thumb is here, <laughs> or back, I should say. <laughs> How is it, Been? How would we like it?
1: For what it's worth, Fast and Furious 6 is um, probably one of the best best stunt-oriented ones of the whole franchise. Okay. Which right. is, I mean, if you want to kind of boil it down to what are we here for, I, I I, think that's probably a good, at least 50% of why people are seeing this, you know, how crazy the mayhem can be.
0: Especially now, like post-Fast 5. Bingo. That's what we're here for. Absolutely. We are an action movie now. Yeah. Not yeah. racing movie now. Absolutely. Folks, uh, we start
1: off once again with Justin Lin. Being uh, this being his second-to-last film
0: uh, before Fast
1: 9. But the restraints are gone as the success of making Fast 5, this fan-driven mayhem explosion will now define all five later movies of the series to the point of nausea. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The opening credits here reuses so much footage in place of a fun, you know, quick racing sequence. In fact, this whole movie is Flashback City, actually, uh, further robbing previous films from importance. And, uh, once again, I mean, I, I really had to eliminate, uh, uh, s- expand notes on this in almost every review, but just making up shit that did not happen the first time around in the films that they referenced. Yeah. I mean, you, you couldn't,
0: know? you were bringing this up left and right last week.
1: Yeah. And, and honestly, I, I, for these later films, I cut it out cause I'm not just trying to repeat myself again and again, but just know that it, it never there. stops. Yeah, right. It, it never is. stops. The
0: BS adding is there. Yeah.
1: Don't blink twice, because it took only two movies for Re- Michelle Rodriguez to be back. Uh, a real ghost from Toretto's past. Uh, turns out, this time around, she has amnesia. Oh, joy. My favorite, <laughs> favorite writing trope. She is teamed up with a international bad guy named Shaw, and while Dom and crew could care less about him, he holds their girl, Letty, in the palm of his hand. The Rock then recruits the whole gang. Or should I say family to track her down? And boy, does the family stuff get just clocked up to eleven here. Uh, yeah. As soon as I saw them pulling this amnesia card out of their ass, I just knew. I just knew we were gonna get some shoveled emotional garbage in the writing, and it is here for sure because they gotta save Letty. They gotta. They gotta bring right. Letty back in more than one way, and. how do we do that then connected to family it's just
0: uh, (laughs) I I will need to start (laughs) we we have to do a compilation or special on amnesia films oh yeah like like 50 first dates number one oh (laughs) Like, all the way. I would love that. That's a great compilation. <laughs> the curse of
1: amnesia. Right, right. <laughs> to the point that I really doubt the actual medical... I mean, is amnesia real? I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm being gaslit. Like, uh, uh, I will need to start mentioning it less and less, but the crew here, they are full-on inner pool spies now. So you might be asking, why do we need cars then? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it turns out the bad guys use cars too, and have a new prototype that is basically a weaponized stunt ramp fused with a Formula One race car. And uh, I'll be honest, it's actually pretty cool. Oh, okay. All right. um, adds to a lot of fun scenes where I don't know. In a car scene, mm-hmm. we talked about car destruction. Uh, Carfu. Yeah, Carfu for sure. <laughs> uh, I I don't know this this F one monstrosity race car. I don't know. I, I think it looks cool. It kind of has some play into the bad guys' heist,
0: uh, and kind of has its own character, its own identity a little bit.
1: Yeah, and it is a stunt machine. Like the idea of the car within the universe is to get cars out of the way by having them ramp off of it and driving right towards them, right? For the actual production of stunts, I feel like that is also a awesome enabler of of the stunts that put are put on in the film. So this this F one kind of you know prototype thing. Kind of cool. It was it, it was doing it for me. It's got uh, you
0: interested at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And maybe it's a little bit like the bad guy is a car as well. You know what I mean? So I don't know.
0: No, I think that I think that kind of works. If you can play yeah. the cars off off themselves, mm-hmm. boy, this is really just popping in my head now. <laughs> oh god. The best Fast and Furious movie, in fact, is Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> come just come, taking just thinking about it now. Yeah. Furiosa. yeah, Furiosa, <laughs> Everything's there. Well, just, wow, that's yeah, what that—that's yeah. what every Fast and Furious movie should be, actually. Yeah, yeah. And we get but, Charlize
1: Theron <laughs> soon in the in, in the franchise.
0: <laughs> well. Um, because yeah, if the cars are kind of taking their own character in and of itself, and they have their own personas, kind of. Yeah. that's cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's cool. And if what you're doing with um movie after movie amps up, which what's shocking to me, kind of doing more research on these films and everything mm. like that, is how. It's not that they have to get better, but sometimes it's almost like there's not amping up. Like sometimes they're just like worse, the newer Mm. ones as you go. Yeah. And and that will, you'll be the definitive teller of that. But then, you know, we were talking about Mission Impossible recently. And one thing you know is they're going to get crazier and crazier. Mm -hmm. The stunts are going to go crazy because Mm -hmm. Tom Cruise would love nothing to do but to die for a movie, I think. You know what (laughs) I mean? So it's at least. It's so true. With, with fast, that's it's almost like what they're trying to do, but it doesn't seem like that they're always hitting it. Yeah, and I don't know if that, and I don't know if that holds it all. I'm kind of just looking at it from far away. Yeah, I, I think it's
1: a great observation, and and for such a franchise that is trying to be the newer style Mission Impossible movies, why aren't the newer ones, as they are crazier, amped up, right? Copying Mission, but which honestly, I mean, uh, we'll have to get to that when we cover all the Mission Impossibles. But I think there is a steady incline to all the Mission Impossibles getting better and better honestly uh there's more there's something to be said about care that yeah. put into the stunts and craziness uh, but uh but yeah no it, I, I think right we're, great we're this
0: we naturally you would think it's going to get be better and better but it's always mm-hmm. waffling these yeah. these it's just a weird big old franchise yeah regardless absolutely. that's good that at least in this one these cars have their own persona some of the stunts look cool and yeah. the setup is there for you absolutely sorry absolutely. that was a long circle we just no, no. <laughs> when Matt <laughs> max talked in my head i felt like i need to speak yeah a <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Folks, uh we are making massive leaps in what our characters are capable of. Uh but admittedly, it's less of what we talked about in 4, that kind of Batman syndrome. So they've learned their lesson there. Uh it's more so everyone in the crew has now upgraded into full super spy mode. Everyone is an expert marksman, engineer, a super hacker, which is very annoying. Ludacris is basically rewritten as a genius gadget character, a la a Q, Q. in a James Bond. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And by far, becomes my least favorite character for the remaining of the franchise. Uh, me and Luda, we're going at it. We're we're scrapping over this. <laughs> He's an ass actor. I hate how he's written. Uh, (laughs) Uh, I mean, he really just becomes my least favorite part about it. Not because of how he's paired in scenes or really really any number uh, of explanations to it. It is just that, man, uh, rather than just being a flat-out bad actor like some of our other actors on set, it is just that the writer's hands are so far up his ass that it— it's just every one of his line manipulates the story wherever it needs right, to go. Okay. He's just he's he's a he's a utility. He's not even a character. He's a he's a uh a a tool to write themselves out of plot holes and plot conveniences.
0: Um ultra a, laziness.
1: Uh, ultra laziness, but also manipulative, like Right, I, I don't and know, he's other... the
0: scapegoat almost. Yeah. And he yeah. I mean it's it's such a shame with poor writing and rewriting of characters, kind of. Yeah. And it's a cheap way out. And it sounds like every character is like that. To an extent, like you said, everyone's a marksman. Like,
1: <sighs> yeah, but Ludacris specifically. There's something about it's all yeah it. and all out. Yeah, uh, and there's always a line in one of these films that's just like you just you just know you just know yeah, yeah. that this is just like oh yeah, I guess we do have to explain this tech in some kind of way. Oh yeah, Luda can say that, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> right, right? It's and and that's what I mean by this, like puppeteering. Like you know, he doesn't even have agency. It feels like uh, as an actor, yeah, as too, a role, you know, way
0: too convenient to be believable.
1: Yeah. You said it for me though, Tom. Human thumb Vin Diesel is uh unintentionally hysterical in this. I mean, this this movie almost <laughs> has so bad it's good points uh because of Vin Diesel alone. He gives these like thousand-yard stares where he tilts his head and like only like slightly smiles like <laughs> i mean i was just dying laughing at his performance in this one uh we will also see vin thrown into a lot and i mean a lot more hand-to-hand fight sequences over the next two films Mm. with his physicality clocked up a lot and this of course gives us one of the worst fighting moves ever recorded to film the flying headbutt um (sighs) what Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or I should say the flying thumb press. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Man, uh, you know, flying Superman punches are a classic, like, kind of easy kung fu type of thing to right. take out a henchman in this. It's very, you know, a la Kirk, uh, you know, William Shatner kind of, you know, fighting. There is one, though, that he just, he just ascends. He just lifts
0: <laughs> and it is a
1: airborne battering ram with his forehead. Uh, I, yeah, it's just, again, unintentionally hysterical yeah. the entire time.
0: At least you're cracking a smile a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that's okay. Right, right. Like, I don't, he's getting worse. It's, he's, he's literally he getting is worse. he's getting worse.
1: We do see a little bit of an uptick, but, you know, I mean, these films, wow. if there's anything defining these latter five films, is that just when you think they could just be plug and play, uh, same right. old, same old, they create new problems for themselves. <laughs> they dig the grave deeper. Now, let me give some praise where it matters most. Uh, and like I said, uh, the car stunts uh, in this film are, are quite a big step up. Seriously, some of my favorite stunts uh, out of all these movies are in this movie. We are fully in that mayhem category for car action. However, these latter five movies will work depending on if it makes sense with the cars or not. Like we talked about just a little bit ago, the perfect example is this F1 car with a stunt ramp welded to it. I thought not only was it a cool tool for the bad guy's heist to use, but also it made for fun scenes for the mayhem to make some sense. You know, cars are going to fly no matter what in these films. Right. That's a given. Yeah, for the sure. Cars are flying. Yes. You know, they're off the ground in, in many, many different ways. But having that be somehow attached to the logic, the weaponry of the bad guy, I, I thought that was a good pairing. I, I want to give credit where credit is due. Notable stunts here are the introduction of our villain uh, and this crazy stunt car, uh, a fun city chase between Letty and Dom, peak amnesia, <laughs> so she's she's on the bad guy's side, <laughs> and of course the sheer destruction of a tank used towards the end of the film, and uh, I feel like this was a... A fantastic cap for Justin Lin because what was I praising with Tokyo Drip? The destruction of cars, Mm -hmm. like real destruction of cars up close and not CGI or as much CGI that I couldn't uh, couldn't tell. Right, right. The destruction that comes from this tank looks real good and, uh, again, unique because more and more the destruction, yeah, will get crazier, but that's where CGI steps into it then. This, honestly, out of the Justin Lin films, I think, hit a sweet spot for those reasons. All around stunt work. And again, I've always kind of complimented mm. his eye for this.
0: You, you did. No, you did. And I think that's so good. And we especially appreciate that. Yeah. Because you're going to do real sucks. I mean, let's just be honest. Like, back to Mad Max Fury Road. Mm. Just, everything was real practical offense. Real explosions. Real yeah. car damage. A lot of it's Right. It, and it just makes the picture better. Yeah. You know? It's, it, it's not that uncanny valley where something's off. Mm-hmm. And we're being thrown thrown off of it it's Mm -hmm. i mean it's fun to watch real cars get (laughs) get
1: damaged yeah get messed up absolutely so (laughs) So cool that's good yeah seeing seeing just like this tank just absolutely demolish anything it comes across under its treads like cool that that was that was good that was that was the good side of this kind of visceral mayhem so i'll end with this The movie still has its priorities a little out of whack. Once again, kind of coming right off of my example with that blue Porsche from Fast Five, Luda and The Rock are getting cars just like the last film, and of course it's just not by racing. Uh, But I would say worse than the last movie is that it's not used to cut down on runtime or kind of a snappier race to the finale and just say, okay, they got the cars. Mm -hmm. Instead, even more time is used as real estate for just blatantly unfunny jokes. I mean, now it's not only are we skipping racing content, guess what? We're now skipping... To get to jokes that are just like, uh, who is laughing at this? Yeah, you know? yeah. Let me tell you, if if a joke was to come out to come out of anyone in the crew, again, it's not Luda. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just yet another flawless example of how racing or even cars themselves are are lost in the focus. But I'm gonna have to start letting that go, honestly, because this uh, does not simply represents the series and the series simply does not care anymore uh, we're gonna go ahead and game fast and furious six a 58 58 okay we are in that
0: warm puddle again <laughs> that sh- shallow slightly dirty puddle okay that dripping oil that oil pan <laughs> okay 56 you said 56 no 58 No, oh, 58 i'm sorry <laughs> uh tick up above the previous one fast five
1: yes and you know pretty decent again like i said i mean uh i i i i think i'm looking back on the film i'm actually a lot more positive on it but i kind of need to remember you know don't be don't have the horse blinders on for those good stunts you know there's plenty of bad for sure
0: yeah yeah okay all right so like you said every 2 years we're in 2015 now it's 2 hours and 17 minutes this is now the longest one yet uh this is directed by James Wan this is Furious 7, original title, Fast and Furious 7, mm. so don't get confused. Um, <laughs> this was the one I was most interested in. This is the one I actually, I tried to watch. I so desperately wanted to surprise you with the Tommy Two Shoes. <laughs> I had an opportunity to watch it. I fell asleep very, very soon. Right. I wanted to watch it for three reasons. Okay. I mean, this is still why I'm most excited for it. Okay. It's the best-selling. And this is actually when China really goes nuts on these films. Yes. I, th- I thought it was before started with four or five. Yep, yep. Or six. It th- this is when they take off. mm mm-hmm. um, Still, I mean, like, um, uh, Fast and Furious 6 made almost 70 million in China okay not bad yeah but now it's where it goes crazy right because this makes 1.5 bill whoa which is like crazy whoa so it made the most I thought it made the most because I thought this was the first one that Paul Walker wasn't in oh no so to my surprise when watching it yep, when starting yep. it up I was like "Ah, oh, son of a bitch are you kidding me <laughs> 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 he died during the filming yep of seven uh but but the biggest reason why I was like okay this will be the one I watch uh-huh. which it turned out not to watch it um <laughs> This is my favorite movie poster. No, some, really? Yeah, and sometimes it's just that simple of a choice.
1: Uh, they, this is the lineup one, right, where they're kind of diagonally uh, sprawled across, or no?
0: So this is the one where it's a really big close-up to the muscle car, and oh. you see them dusty in the very, very back <laughs> okay, end. Okay, right, Can you right. picture it? Yeah, yeah. You were close to the tire almost? Yep, yep. Uh, anyway, fast fear <laughs> for the
1: for what that's worth. <laughs> best, we should have some rankings on on I, posters. I, I can get behind some poster art.
0: I did they, they they matter to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh but anyway, really when I checked out of this movie it was almost immediately because out of nowhere, <laughs> out of nowhere, uh Vin Diesel is wielding a sledgehammer. And oh, I yeah. broke out in laughter. <laughs> I mean, I was <laughs> literally laughing, and I was like, this might be the best movie <laughs> I've ever seen. I was like, how does this suck this bad? <laughs> yeah. When you're seven. In. I know. Where, what where, where is the learned? Like? Yeah,
1: where are the lessons? <laughs> the, the, there's no takeaway. I'm so,
0: okay, so Furious 7, just get into it, man. How'd you like it? That's so
1: great. I also love that the context of all of this is that you fell asleep almost immediately, too. Like, this thing rocked you to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And it's supposed to be this, like, uh, a hyper-fueled, <laughs> NOS-fueled adventure, you know? All right, Furious 7. Uh, it, it, so in an odd turn, this film is directed by the horror horror film juggernaut James Wan and I mean really ju- I mean James Wan is probably one of the most prolific now horror directors of our time and this and the last shit show that we covered with him Wan directed 2021's Malignant uh we covered that on a very early episode of the podcast yes we did and oof oof not too much of anything yeah not too much of any- well uh, definitely something but not worth it okay. <laughs> And, of course, uh, his guiding hand is behind many productions from Blumhouse, uh, including the trendy trash Mithrigan from earlier this year. So. Oh, he did that? Oh, yeah. Well, produced. Ah, oh, okay, right. Uh, and, and that's, that's you know, I mean, this guy is all over horror a, franchises. Oh, ooh,
0: new name, Schlock Jock. Ooh! Just a director that pedals out schlock in the industry. <laughs> industry man that pedals out schlock.
1: The thing is, I want to respect Juan. Uh, he, that's is, he makes franchises. Like, he is a, a king as far as getting something electric and just making yeah, money Yeah,
0: well, it. like I said, this has made 1500000000 billion. I'm not going to say it does. Mm. Maybe we don't know. <laughs> maybe we're <schlock. laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe we are. <laughs> Furious 7 is much like
1: 4 into 5. This movie picks up directly after 6 with the bad guys' brothers picking up the pieces. Shaw's brother was a decent villain uh, in the last film, but now we have the transporter himself under the same name, Jason Statham. Uh, honestly, this will of course play into the rivalry with the Rocks character giving us the spin-off action film Hobbs and Shaw in 2019. That spin-off acting was a way for The Rock as well to continue with the franchise, despite some serious drama on set with nearly all of the cast as well. So, kind of in a kind of a oh, really some, uh, interesting production story. I personally don't really want to comment on all the drama of it, but it is kind of some some juicy stuff if you're into okay. it. Okay, so.
0: I'm actually surprised. I didn't know about that. Oh yeah, I was surprised because I I remember like the the actual real like family table they were sitting around mm. soon after Paul Walker died. Yep, yep, and it was like it all seemed like everyone was chummy with each other yeah it could have been early on and maybe mm-hmm. did, things didn't go south at sure. that point
1: sure I, I uh, not to even choose sides I mean I let me be very clear I do not give a damn R- of course uh, but uh, I, I could imagine the rock being such a big personality coming into this and Hobbs being honestly an electric character on screen in all one all all of these films right I could imagine you know the cast having a fight or flight response and saying oh are we getting replaced you know are we getting a bit fixed of an out? ego thing too Sure, absolutely.
0: I, if anything only the ego, yeah. Do you know if it was like because Ven Diesel is like helming this now? Was it almost uh, with it them two going at absolutely. it? Absolutely,
1: but but really all the cast kind of picking sides, from what I understand. Weird, so, okay, yeah. interesting. But uh, that really is compl- I, I can't stress enough though, and and I'll probably have to state this for can I any further drama. Coming to mind, I know the Flash. We're going to have to talk about why Ezra Miller's not in behind bars, but right. you know, there. I think that's entirely separate from the ki-
0: criticism. You know what I mean? Right. When um, we start our gossip podcast, that'll be that, that's the yeah. juicy stuff. We'll save it for that. Daily
1: ratings after out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, folks. We are smack dab back in super spy territory this time after a MacGuffin called God's Eye, uh, an Orwellian nightmare device that can track anyone on the planet by hacking cameras. This introduces a new crew member, Ramsey, played by uh, Natalie Emanuel. I believe she's from uh, Game of Thrones. And that will unlock the tech in these movies to be near limitless. (laughs) I mean, if we didn't have the excuse already by super hacker Ludacris, uh, guess what? We now have a real (laughs) hacker... Paired up with them, so uh, it's 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 limitless. I mean, there's 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 nothing that these films don't touch on as techno babble <laughs> and garbage. So, Kurt Russell is also brought in by the morally gray character Mister Nobody to lead the gang on their mission. And while it may not be an outright terrible performance, uh, Kurt just isn't doing a great job here in the role. I think it's very plug and play for Kurt. Okay. Uh, and I hate to say that because I, I I honestly like Kurt Russell a lot more in his later career. A yeah. Like a Hateful Eight kind of thing, you know, those type of hey roles. Hateful Eight, you
0: even liked him um, in Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Yeah. You kind of like bite I- the character? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So, unfortunately, just he wasn't doing it for me Okay. Here, uh, despite how, you know, Rula cool, the uh, Mr. Nobody, I mean, by the name alone, kind of tries to operate by. He's just trying to be this, like, black ops. Type yeah, guy. yeah. Uh, this gives our plot to recover Lost Tech in Dubai, and while Shad hunts Dom and crew down for some extra tension by complicating things. Uh, By complicating things, it's usually by initiating some sort of action sequence. (laughs) Besides Statham being an actor I like, action sequences with him all kind of sucked. Now, luckily... This will not be the case for very long. Okay. Uh, as we go on later in the films, action sequences, as far as like hand to hand fight kind of choreography, do get a little bit better. Okay. Uh, anytime he meets up with Dom, the two of them drive directly into each other, crashing like Hot Wheels, okay. like a child like, like, playing like, Hot Wheels. Yeah, like that is their move. Like it's it's on site. <laughs> it is on site. They are like playing chicken, and they. Neither of them let up, and they just crash into each other. (laughs) Then that proceeds with them getting out and having a fist fight. This happens, I believe, three times in the (laughs) film. So it looks incredibly dumb, and uh, I don't know... Who thought that looked cool? I, I I I I just it's 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 beyond me. I would say also nearly nearly all gunfights are very weightless, being a low point among further split of action sequences. You know, before we had kind of a split of like, all right, it's car make him, it's racing, it's kung fu. Carfu may be falling into Kung Fu, but right. now gunfights are in there as well uh, as as distinctly different type of action sequences. And it's not a priority for the franchise. It's certainly not a, a highlight for Wan's directing. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It just further further splits uh, our focus on uh, how the action feels and what actually works on screen. Right, just mediocrity. Know? Yeah. Uh, also, we get possibly the worst choreographed fight sequence in the whole franchise with dual-wielding wrenches and sword-fighting between state them. <laughs> this might have been it's what that, you saw uh, before you nodded off.
0: No, nope. It was very early on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Vin Diesel was in a um, was in a cemetery wielding a oh, sledgehammer right, out right. of nowhere. <laughs> Burst it out laughing. Yeah. And I said, This is what the movie is. Okay. I see. okay. I,
2: it illuminated mm-hmm. for you. Okay,
0: so sword fighting?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, basically there there's a fight sequence that uh, they they just are clashing wrenches and it's just it's it's just real bad. Yeah, it's. Re- I mean, it, it, I can't even like. You know, I I've seen a lot of commentary online be like, oh, yeah, "You yeah. can't believe that, bro." And <laughs> uh, I, I, I listen. I don't think it looks cool like I could get behind it and, and be hype around it but I don't think it looks cool you know I think it fails
0: yeah way. just hearing about them and going through them all it's very much like okay new film here's a bunch of boxes let's check because yep. people like this Right, people love look at John Wick people love gun, <laughs> gun fighting sure, sure. but when it's a when it's a crap yep. gunfight, yep. gunfighting gunfighting sucks you know what I mean you're checking boxes but just like I just said it's mediocrity yeah. at it's yeah. finest is what it and, seems like and it like. goes
1: back I, f- I forget which one I commented on it might have been four or five but uh, the kind of parasitic nature of these films to grab whatever is trending, whatever and, sexy at the time, yeah, exactly, hmm, okay. and, and basically eat its eat its leftovers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Paul Walker. Uh, uh, you know, Paul Walker has a big plot thread of here kind of being a new dad. Uh, however, this film. He goes missing in action. Uh, I want to say, much like we covered with Black Panther 2, I respect the hell out of any team that has to pivot mid-production because of a death. Sure. Um, no less a leading role. You know what I mean? I feel like until this point, you can really see Walker as a co-lead. And in the early films, he was the lead. You know, Vin was the was the co-lead. No,
0: for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he he's the guy. Yeah. Uh, he's the backbone of the movie, I would say. Uh,
1: right. Right. But I can't help but feel this creates a blind spot for critics to praise the film more than they normally would. It's of course unfortunate that he died, no less at the hands of another driver, but the scenes that are edited in to fill his, his missing role are are just very, very messy CGI. Now, admittedly, there is an impressive process behind filling in the scenes that he couldn't. Uh, it is a blend of of, of his uh, own footage, a body double, uh, his real-life brothers, and also a voice actor all mixed together to be stitched. So, you know, for production standpoint, I feel like we've commented a lot on production type of appreciation for this whole franchise. I'll give some points, but I don't think it looks great in, in, in the end mm. result. And was a distraction for me the whole film, figuring out when the CGI Frankenstein's monster was on screen or not. Uh, And at best, it's probably only on par with the type of Disney-style CGI Mm -hmm. monsters Mm -hmm. that we saw in like Rogue One, you know, the Star Wars movie. Yep,
0: absolutely. Okay,
1: that's at its best. Most of the time it's under that. so again, I- I'm happy to see a team pull together and pivot like that. yeah,
0: I mean really um, trying if they're pulling brothers, I mean things right. like that there's a lot going on
1: absolutely and imagine working on that team that's exciting work. And it's like, oh we have an immense problem to work with. how can we tackle this? right? I just feel like again in the end result it's just not it's just not great
0: I mean talk about an uphill battle right yeah, for sure for sure. exactly. Paul Walker was not the one driving the Porsche? No, no. I think it was his friend, if I'm correct. Oh, Uh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And
1: that that was kind of the tragedy of it as well. Right. Wrong place, wrong time, I guess you could say. Where I want to kind of pivot back to this again is that, like a Black Panther two, I feel like critics out there. I'm not oh, calling yes. out anyone. Listen, if you if you're really if you're you know moved by this, fine. I think this plays into why this one is 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 received so well. I think maybe from the budget or not the budget, but the the profit standpoint, why this one is probably you said yeah. the most successful. Yes, I feel like there is a it is the gu- the goodbye letter, the send off for Paul Walker as
0: well. Yeah. Uh, uh, without question, yeah, without question, you can be very sure that this got bumped up so much on so many sites by critics because mm, they felt like they had to or because right. they were doing that thing it, it's like there's literally no question right
1: right <laughs> so hopefully and, and why i go so much into the explanation of my kind of rationale and how i see the production and how i see the result is to kind of explain that like i'm not just trying to shit on paul walker uh i'm not just trying to shit on this movie no regardless uh, of the attempt there a
0: hundred percent yeah no no worries there so
1: Vin, Mr. Potato Head Diesel, uh, might be worse than ever uh, with a lot of the script on his shoulders. Uh, and let me tell you, Vin is just not bringing it, especially in the secret spy, Interpool type settings. Uh, After he's recruited by Mr. Nobody, he gets a bit more commanding in his tone, but this kind of street kid demeanor will always be out of place. You know, he's walking in a hangar, he's commanding people. It's just like, it's not the character. Yeah. And Vin's not doing a good job to represent that, uh, that, you know, implied growth for the character. (laughs) He also introduces a new tactic for Dom getting out of situations, which is... Just driving off a cliff with his car <laughs> you know i if that if that's the if that's your signature move you know hey if that's the you know the new technique. Uh, good, but we see him use it a lot uh, moving forward and it does not help the argument uh, that these characters are invincible and there's no stakes behind anything, Right, right, right. You know, when he's just willing to just drive, drive off, off a, a cliff, cliff and just, hey, we crash, <laughs> if we crash, you know, he gets out and, alright, <laughs> on to another car build, so. <laughs> uh, I would say the racing is about on par for the previous entry, but uh, a- an odd praise is actually in editing as a huge improvement. Uh, much more stylish in cuts and in presenting the cars, kind of, if you will, prestige type of edits of cars. Uh, really, I, I wouldn't bring it up as praise, but we will see the editing being a blemish for Fast 10. So, I didn't really cut this note because... <laughs> I mean, I I noticed it enough to say, "Wow, well, this this is a pretty slick looking movie." Okay, it
0: you know? makes a um, big difference, absolutely,
1: absolutely. Uh, notable stunts is an early race day with Letty, uh, still suffering from amnesia, and Dom trying to connect with her. But that's about it. Uh, However, we have the inclusion of bad stunts this first time Mm. around. The airplane drop sequence is just god-awful and played so comedically as well and and so distinctly not funny. I don't know who laughs at this. Uh, And a very stupid passenger swap mid-drift with two cars, which is just like, all right. Okay, all right uh but other than that that is about it what i have to say for fast seven we're gonna go ahead and give furious seven a thirty-four. Ooh, wow. Yeah, worth that's the low. shut eye. That's Tom. low. worth the shut eye. Okay, good,
0: good. Wow, that's, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, just I really didn't except, enjoy this one. It makes sense. Yeah, wow, huh?
1: And I, you look online, and it, you know, I mean, it's it's not monumental, but it's like you know, high sixties, yada yada. They're still grossing. doing it a favor. They're doing yeah, it a favor. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I, you know, I mean, I, I'm just being real with it, and more so than anything, really. I mean, I, I just think. Uh, Statham's inclusion was wasted space later on he'll get a little bit better but like I was excited to see him and then nothing
0: I don't understand how seven, eight, nine, I can understand if it gets repetitive. And it's like, here's another one, 50, Mm -hmm. 60%. But the fact that, like, this is a 30, that's bad. Yeah. It's like, what are y'all doing? I think, I think Fury 7 is a very bad movie. Not quite as bad. You gave 33 to the fourth film. The fourth one was terrible. Yeah. 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 But, okay. All right. Well, let's just keep on going. This is The Fate of the Furious here, otherwise known as F8. This came out in (laughs) in 2017. Um, it's two hours and sixteen minutes, Vin. Let's kind of get into it. We're full. Uh, no Paul Walker, so Vin Diesel is really having it now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's just get into it. Fate. How do we like it?
1: Uh, well, folks, it uh, it's not the worst movie by a long shot. In fact, it might be my favorite out of the later five. But it has the very worst title of them all. Fate. Eight, Fate. I it's mean, bad. Yeah. I fate mean, that's literally what they're the going theories? for. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's missing the eight replacing the A in in Fate. Uh, the, that's how close we are. Right. The, the it's, it's just
0: so dumb. And does this follow? Do we pick up things right after the events of seven or no? Is this starting um, a new? It's
1: like, Yeah, maybe a little bit of its new identity. Yeah.
0: Because I see what they're trying to do with some of the um with some of the titles, mm-hmm. because now it makes sense. They should have just made it F8. Yeah. Or F8, The Fate of the furies, because yep. it's actually just called The Fate of the furies. Sure, sure. you have F8, because the next one is F9, mm-hmm. The Saga or whatever. And it
1: should just been F10 or F- At- FX. Which it is, it's F ten. So yep. like,
0: why is this the fate? Of, that's what I'm, the names are horrendous. Mm-hmm. I know. I so know. you're putting this up for worst title.
1: Worst title, yeah. That's my vote for worst title. Not worst movie though. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> but you're right. This kind of goes back to your comment of like, aren't these like mini trilogies? This is Charlize's kind of mini trilogy going into all the way to Fast Ten. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Of course. Yep. Some decent hits uh, of uh, director uh, F Gary Gray, who I actually kind of wanted to float a director study for at some point down the road. He directed Friday, Set It Off, and The Italian Job Remake. But honestly, I backed off of that idea some time ago for the director's study because his later career is very commercial. Alongside of this, we have Men in Black International, and, and that's really where I stayed away. So, okay. The fate of Fast 8 is that the writers reach into the hat and pull out another cliche. The crew is officially on call at this point for interview interpool, <laughs> Like... They can't even turn jobs down now. They just—they're just, they're just working for it. You know, at any point they need a car, they're getting called. But um, the Fast Gang is thrown a serious curveball this time, or should I say cue ball? Because Vin Diesel is the bad guy. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yes, believe it or not, in the endless soap opera writing of the series, they haven't pulled this card yet of the main character turning bad. Um, this unites the team together of unlikely allies, all working to, uh, all working together to find out why Toretto, of all people, would turn his back on family. Uh, That's our setup there for Fate of the Furious. Charlize Theron is a mastermind behind all of this, and she plays one cold-hearted bitch. Uh, I I really gotta say, she gets some cool points for just being unflinchingly evil in this. Um, Okay. not a huge fan of her, specifically some lines. Uh, In 9, there's a very cringy Star Wars conversation that she's a part of. I don't even want to get into Mm, it. Those are the worst. I think her character... Works uh, just because she's just, she's basically being like Atomic Blonde. She's basically, it's she's just cool. She's being a cool bitch. Charlize. yeah. And she's absolutely. hot. She's
0: been hot for like 30 years now. It's like, it works. <laughs>
1: You've always had a soft spot for Charlize She's too. cool. Well, don't yeah. forget,
0: you know what her first major acting job was? What? That thing you do. <laughs>
1: I'm not even joking. <laughs> oh man, it comes to, to yeah, comes to haunt me yet again. <laughs> <laughs> I can't escape it. Uh, just the right amount of intelligence and steely attitude that is needed to sell the cool factor for her, and nowhere does it dip into annoying. So full credit, I think it was a it was a cool villain to have. Mm-hmm. Um, have her having her be super evil is worth it because it actually brings out some rage in Dom, being an emotion that. Vin diesel can actually portray on screen
2: Mm -hmm, right
1: being angry uh showing rage uh and uh and having dom turn into this evil version of himself i mean yes very campy but kind of just works you know what i mean and it works a lot more than other what other movies try to juggle here so i think this is far better motivation for the plot than any of the other times the team has been brought together for another mission with the feds Uh, And having Dom become this Star Trek mirror-mirror evil version of himself, yes, it's campy for sure, but it results in well-paced action that has a plot that actually keeps your attention and kept my attention. Okay. So, also the rule of cool that defines our villains is something completely thrown out for Fast X in a very very bad way a sneak preview of what i mean by as this series goes on you'd think it'd just be okay let's just do it again mm-hmm. it creates new problems for itself which is just surprising so it is, yeah yeah there is so much trash writing around hacking though in this film seriously i lost count how many times characters just say hack into something i mean i don't <laughs> think they even know what that actually <laughs> means I feel like it's repeated so many times that regardless of the tension and music blaring to make a more tense scene, every scene with a keyboard comes becomes just so visually boring. And again, another example of just like at that moment, the roles are characters. They're not speaking mm-hmm. as characters anymore. They're speaking as dialogue the writers are making yeah. to write themselves out of problems, plot holes, plot inconveniences, fake lore. Dumps, you know, bullshit that just did uh, it, not happen in this series. <laughs> you know, what I mean, all of that. That's where the the, the cancer is.
0: <laughs> I, well, then I think it's safe to say I don't know why we haven't. The, the two writers in this one is Gary Scott Thompson and Chris Morgan. Okay, their fingerprints are all over so many of all these films. Yeah, yeah. And we just need to call them out because the writing profusely is mm. just god awful. It's yeah, trash. It's repeat. It has been a notable. I mean, let's be honest. I don't think you've said one good thing about the writing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I really haven't. I really it's haven't. either it's what can the actors do? Yep. with with poor writing, basically. So <laughs> right. luckily, Charlize, hey, she does a good job on this right. one. Right, right. But it's Gary Scott Thompson and Chris Morgan. Yeah, I uh, you and and are you're not so right. good are writers. All, all over this. Place. Yeah, I there's guess. other writers involved in some here, some mm-hmm. there, whatever. But man, they. Uh, yeah, it's bad. I know, and
1: and, and folks, I mean, if if. You know, uh, you're not maybe sensitive to technobabble, you know, pointless hacking as just to kind of move the plot along. If that doesn't bother you, fantastic. I just... I, I don't think it's worthy of praise either at no. the same time. Well, but
0: here's the thing. Because it's Fast and Furious, I hate to bring it up so much. <laughs> Look at a John Wick, okay? Okay. Where Keanu Reeves took a, took a hatchet to mm. his script mm. where he says barely anything. He doesn't speak <laughs> in real sentences, whatever. There is no writing yeah. for him. You know what I mean? Right. But because that's not what you want in John Wick. In Fast mm-hmm. and Furious, you're all you really want is – Car action car foo. Yeah. The problem is they're trying to be something else. Yeah,
1: they're trying to be these spy thrillers and they have to talk to be spy thrillers. Right, Right, exactly.
0: (laughs) So they're failing like in all aspects. All aspects. For real. Uh
1: it also may feel a little bit too late to bring this up, but gunfire is unusually non lethal in this one. My brain was pretty turned off at this point in the franchise, but weapons are really amped up in the use of our villains and the use of all characters uh, without any of the stakes behind it to match it. Just yet another example of the constant plot armor that characters are given to rush to the finale without considering what it robs of rising action. Uh, if you can describe any of these latter five films is that, oh, you gotta wait for the finale. It's so crazy what they pull off. But I think there's a, a misstep in creating tension in the earlier combat sequences and, and, and gunfights are probably the worst of that. Now. Okay. Which is just, funny because-, just because you got Lord of the Rings on on the brain, Fellowship of the Ring. It, it, I mean, yeah, talk about bad gunfights. Yeah. <laughs> terrible gunfight. <Price>. <laughs> uh, maybe Legolas can be can, can hang, but uh and, and also boy am I going to lose any credibility with with car guys bringing up Lord of the Rings. Uh but in the Fellowship of the Ring, when they first get the ring and they're traveling to the town and they first come across uh the Nazgûl, mm. that is a super tense scene because it feels like it is all mm-hmm. on them getting caught like the whole thing can end there does that matter to the grand story of lord of the rings no but it's such a good scene to keep our attention in the rising action because it feels like a real threat
0: yes okay huge yeah huge everything
1: yeah so these gunfights they're inconsequential sure i know an editor i know the writer is saying ah do we let's let's just get to what they want to see No. right i'm telling you your movie would be better with that
0: I agree completely. It would be better without it. Yeah, it would be better sure. without the gunfights. Right, yeah. Right. Absolutely. But for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, the car foo has reached a new level with Dom now able to whip cars around like a wrestling move. Um, he gets like one new wrestling move with cars uh, every, every movie now, <laughs> so keep track at home. I just really don't understand how they take the line of it's who's behind the wheel and use it literally in these action sequences. Mm, I don't know yeah. why this jump really happened, but it, it, it's happening and continues to happen by far my biggest praise for this film and why I think it is far from the worst film is that the crew is constantly in cars. They really are. Oh, very cool. They're in it all the time. More than ever, it really feels like a child is playing make-believe with toy cars, but I prefer it to then putting characters in situations that they don't belong in. Uh, for instance, they confront Dom in a circle, co- a country roundup of cars, <laughs> <laughs> to wrangle him, to, to hogtie his charger. Uh, and yeah, it might look Id- idiotic, but at least the setup understands that our characters need a reason to drive otherwise no reason will come in the whirlwind of spy schlock you need to make these moments that's and why
0: and that's why we're here that's, yeah. why we, that's why we think we're supposed to be there sure you know sure. What I mean the movies are something else now yeah, but yeah. that's cool yeah be an idiot as long as you're in the car <laughs> right like lo- do stupid stuff
1: right and it, I, I, I I speak to the the diehard fans of the of these movies isn't it all about oh can you believe what they're driving this time oh they gotta They got a new, you know, this is a brand new car. There's a supercar, you know. I mean, the variety of what they drive is exotic. You know, Uh, uh, Roman gets, you know, uh, you know, the newest Lambo or something like that. Right. I feel like that as well. It's like the less they drive the less there's an opportunity for just kind of like visual fun like that you know
0: absolutely absolutely notable
1: stunts here are the intro race in Cuba which is legitimately great I actually loved that sequence in Cuba I thought it was awesome Uh, they're also driving old cars too which of course that's cool yeah yeah, really cool and a remote control car sequence in New York which is just a a, a lot of fun honestly Uh, I'll end with saying this The Rock has some of the best action sequences with Jason Statham and are flat out awesome here a total night and day coming from statham's role going up against dom in in the previous film the jailbreak sequence between the two of them is a fantastic fight sequence and has fantastic fight choreography okay after coming off the last two (laughs) to four films uh this was a revitalizing breath of fresh air folks (laughs) single-handedly these action sequences made me want to check out Hobbs and Shaw which I think is a huge win and uh considering my usual reaction to these films is researching shock therapy to erase my memory of them afterwards Uh, we're gonna give the fate of the furious a 59
0: wow okay all
1: right pretty good
0: One notch above six, I guess. <laughs> still puddle. Whoa, boy. Yeah. Okay. We're going to call this, uh, for now, going on, we are in the Fast and Furious zone or something. Like, we'll have to name this something. Right. Very good. So, Fate of Furious, 59%. But still, as we say, the upper 50s, we're getting into, this is all right. Yeah. It's okay. There's definitely notable qualities to yeah. it.
1: There's definitely not good qualities to okay. it. <laughs>
0: All right, let's keep it moving here. We might be running long a little bit here. Chatty Kathy today. (laughs) Original title F9, but nope, they had to change it to F9 The Fast Saga. (laughs) This is contention for me for worst title out really? of all of them. Wow. I was always to understand a trilogy mm-hmm. is three movies and a saga is six. Oh, That's okay. why the original six Star Wars I was considered or was heard was called the Star Wars saga. Yep. I always thought saga was six.
1: Mm-hmm. Or oh, the Skywalker saga. Yep.
0: This is the ninth film. This is F9, the <laughs> Fast Saga. Uh is, yeah okay. Uh, Finn. Uh, it's two hours and twenty three minutes. How did we like it? Uh, We're the, getting into really lengthy stuff now. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, the king is back in his throne. Justin Lin is back directing for the last time. Just when you think, uh, this series couldn't pull off any more tropes from soap operas, we scour more of Dom's past for ghosts and find his long lost brother Mm. oh joy Mm. i mean really really feels like a soap opera at this point yep this of course brings in the latest buff dude on the rise in hollywood at the time john cena now folks um, i know i'm late to this one but can we please just take a moment to discuss the absurdity of this as a rule of thumb in the series Vin Diesel's nationality and background has been intentionally obscure but John Cena and Vin Diesel <laughs> as brothers like huh <laughs> that's why I kept on saying that loud I went, huh I <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just I, trying to make myself laugh. Have you give, have you given a thought of who would make sense as Vin yeah, Diesel's no, brother? No, don't, don't write this. Don't write this story. Uh, because oh, it's boy, so. Oh, I mean,
1: uh, I hate to say it. It's just it's so predictable as well mm. where it goes with this like brother type of long lost brother writing. I mean, man. Yeah. Man, it feels like I'm in like um so like right. an old 60s show or
0: something. They are like hitting that. everyone they can. Yeah. Every man. single trope. It's bad. Now, this
1: gives us a lot of flashback material, and I will say, honestly, I didn't mind the younger actors playing earlier versions of these characters. If anything, it was cool seeing the original crew from Fast 1 as younger characters, so a little bit of an enjoyment Kind of fun. Yeah, but I'm telling you, folks, it is smokescreen for idiotic casting because these younger actors look like actual brothers to trick the eye into accepting the impossible. The impossible being John Cena. (laughs) and Vin Diesel being brothers, blood related. John Cena being younger. That's that's the big elephant in the room. Justin Lin returning also means we scrape the barrel on character callbacks. And not to leave his ugly stepchild behind, we finally get our Tokyo Drift characters added into the gang. Wonderful. Yeah, so you guessed it. Hank Hill and Twinkie Twinkie. are back back once again. (laughs) (laughs) The actual structure of the story introduces a lot of plotline juggling, which is unfortunately a trend that continues into Fast X. It certainly makes it feel like a hopping around spy action movie, but there are just too many at once and it makes it a mess. You have, all at once, the Dom Solo story, uh, the flashbacks to the past, uh, Girl Squad following leads, Luda mm. and Tyree's funny duo handling the Tokyo Drift reunion. It's all too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It feels broken up. Uh, I mean, listen, folks, for blockbuster films, I can get behind some... Back at the ranch style storytelling, you know, don't get me wrong. I love I love Empire Strikes Back, too. You know, I get it. It's it's a good format. But this shit is just taking a perfectly fine story and making it borderline dyslexic. Yeah, like, okay. it is intentionally mixing things up too much to create, uh, I think, a perceived kind of pacing rhythm. And it's just it's not there.
0: OK, gotcha. Yeah.
1: Now, I know the crew has been doing the super spy thing for a minute now, so much so that they bring jobs to Dom, and he turns them down, and they do it regardless. But very early in a scene with Roman just shows how far we have slipped into shit riding. No joke, Tom. We get a scene with 14 dudes with rifles around him. Soldiers uh, with rifles Mm, around him. They have all of them, the higher ground on this man. (laughs) And Roman spins around, shooting an AK-47, killing absolutely everyone without a scratch. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, you know. I'm sorry. <laughs> if, if, if this was a good action sequence in your eyes, we're gonna need to spend some time watching some good action films. I think I'm gonna have to open some okay. open office hours <laughs> that I I meet with people and say, "All right, listen, I I get it, uh, yeah, but yeah. let's let's maybe let's maybe go somewhere else <laughs> with your time."
0: Different different writers this time. Justin Lin is, uh, Justin Lin is a part of this, mm. and some other writers. Yeah, I,
1: rinse wh- and repeat of what I said with with the previous one. I know. It's you just, know, man, I... you just see that it's it's the priority is not on these little beats. They right. see them as I don't know if it's filler, but. I, Do I don't people
0: know. think the rating's good?
1: I, no, I don't think There's so. There's
0: no way that is a thing, right? I don't think so. I okay. think it's all about spectacle. Okay, all Uh, right.
1: But th- these are the things that kind of ruin the spectacle for me, if I'm being honest. It takes you out of it completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. The Carfu is more outrageous than ever, uh, which I feel like I'm saying constantly now. <laughs> Dom literally Spider-Man swings with a car yeah. at one point. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know. Uh, <laughs> notable stunts are an early minefield race, which is pretty cool. Actually, the flashback drag race with Dom and his bro—I uh, thought that was a great scene and captured some of like a uh, fast one magic. Which okay, I cool. Credit to Justin Lin for kind of recapturing that and a super fun sequence with a big magnet truck which I'm sure you know if you've seen the film oddly enough I would say if you somehow have seen Fast 10 before this Hmm. I feel this movie lays down yet another template change for the franchise uh, mainly in the structure of juggling interesting six plus plus plots before we converge for the finale
0: the saga Uh, the
1: the saga okay
0: makes sense now I'm fine (laughs) Is it 6? Did you just say 6?
1: No, 6 no, no, a 6 plot lines. Okay, uh, it's, it's the
0: Fast Saga. <laughs> I'm fine with it now.
1: Right, okay. All right, all right. But genius uh, writing. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> as we'll chat about in a few moments, I think um, uh, this further change is for the worst. We're going to go ahead and give Fast ni- I'm sorry, F9, the Fast Saga a 46.
0: 46. Okay. All right, yeah, a tick a low, below third worst one so far, mm. and I would say I didn't realize that this was maybe kicking off something else. So if you really are starting fresh with it or something like that, maybe you can start here and then watch ten. Maybe, maybe, and and maybe that's a gauge instead of tackling the whole
1: franchise that this movie is making your stomach churn, then that's the cutoff. Like, don't go any further. And right. maybe that's, that's evidence to go back to see if it's worth right.
0: it. Right. But just as far as storyline as well, again, I always thought 8, 9, and 10 paired, but not really because 8 really takes a different type of thing with Dom bad guy. Yeah, but it's all Charlize it, uh,
1: as like the...
0: Oh, that's yeah, true, yeah, too. Yeah, she's kind of oh. like
1: a... Um,
0: she's like connected. A connected right, right. level. You know? <laughs> um, all right, folks. So just hey, just remember, folks, we're going off the value for value model here. So are you finding value in the podcast, the website, the newsletter? If you could, go to the thedailyratings.com. You head over to the donations tab, and through your monetary support, you become an official producer of the Daily Ratings. You go ahead and write in a note, and we're going to write it. We're going to read here right on the podcast questions, comments, critiques, love, hate, whatever, it doesn't matter. If you're sending something our way, we're going to go ahead and re- read that on the podcast. As far as the newsletter goes, go to the bottom of the website. Go ahead and sign up for it. Uh, you got to do is confirm it and you're good to go. Uh, people are enjoying it. Yeah. The few who are opening them and, and everything like that and signing up for it, but slowly and slowly, its I think people are going to start enjoying that more and more. And,
1: and further value add. You know, Further ways that we can connect. It's and, fun.
0: Yeah. It'll put a smile on your face every Tuesday morning. For sure, for sure. But anyway, like I said, it's thedailyratings.com. Head to the donation. Tab, but you all are going to really help us keep this going. It helps. Again, we have small overhead here, but it just helps it even more. And you guys are helping out with that. You are being actual producers, and we want to do this for a long time. We want to grow and grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't forget, tell a friend, a family member, the guy in back, you talking about a movie, how great Fast <laughs> 10 was. Go ahead and say, hey, well, you got to listen to this guy, uh, Vincent bro, Daly. <laughs>
2: wait until you hear
0: his reviews. He's crazy, bro. <laughs> like I said, dedicators.com, donations tab. We thank you all so much. And with that, Vin, wipe the sweat off your brow. <laughs> we have reached the end. We have. <laughs> uh, it feels surreal. <laughs> it's been a long time here. Okay, I can't
1: tell if it's a uh, an illusion. A. Uh...
0: <laughs> it's very much real. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, This is Fast Ten. This is our newly released. It is our longest one so far. Mm. At two, uh, no, two hours and twenty-one minutes. Never mind. It's not our longest one. Really. No, that's correct. F9, two minutes longer. Oh,
1: whoa. Okay, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This one felt longest by far.
0: Okay, good. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so, Vin, Fast 10, new movie. How did we like it?
1: Uh, Well, this movie, again, creates unique... And new problems for itself, and I and I can't say it's for the better. Uh, I can't say that the good outweighs the bad. Uh, Louis Leterrier or Louis Leterrier, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the director of Transporter One and Two, the Ed Norton Hulk movie, and as well the magician schlock. Uh, now you see me. <laughs> He's he's now back, most likely to work with Statham and Cars again. I think, honestly, on paper, that looks like a match made in heaven. Going mm-hmm. back to the Transporter series, uh, but it creates more problems than I could ever imagine. This deep in the series, uh, and I think it just it compounds what we've been saying. Like, does make sense? How do you not have it down yet? How do exactly. You, like, how are we messing up at all? You know what I mean? <laughs> so true. It's so true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, If anything, shooting for mediocrity, I think, would be more successful in ways. Folks, it is a hardcore love letter to Fast Five. And honestly, recap city for everything. There are multiple scenes where an actor just has all the movies playing around them. I think, like, legitimately, like, three scenes. They just have every scene of every movie playing around them. Really? Yeah. Huh? It's super weird. Uh, more and more kind of tech garbage. And maybe this will be useful because there are literally 10 of these movies. Most of them are mediocre to bad. So I personally found this Recap City annoying know hey maybe it's going to be useful for someone literally jumping into fast five or or these latter movies only
0: yeah and it should be said i mean that makes sense that hey you have fast five now we have fast 10 10 we're gonna be playing with that we're gonna Mm -hmm. be having a good time it's probably super avengers time as well because fast five is what really launched it also because of that it was getting so critically praised and the fans loved it Mm -hmm. you were not quite on that train, yeah, now, I gave it a fifty five mm-hmm. so if you look at these it's it 's on the higher end of the,
2: <laughs> right, i right. guess,
0: uh, but you know what i mean it wasn't uh it didn't punch like it was maybe supposed to right so here we are back at it again touted as the best exactly. of the series yeah. so.
1: and I think that legacy mm-hmm. of best of the series is exactly why they're scraping the barrel for you know it's flashback content and you know where they're pulling yeah. it from yeah. so uh, they're trying to as weird as, it, weird as it sounds muster nostalgia for a series that's been running this long, long mm-hmm. so I have to get some production critiques out of the way, though, folks. Folks, before we go into some of the further rough spots of this film, this movie is edited by a toddler. There are so, so many fade to black transitions put in front of cuts. I-, I thought my brain was losing oxygen and I was, I was blacking out in, in, in moments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it looks terrible. It's like it's like a high school's first editing production.
0: Um man, it just that's really surprising. Yeah. Uh I They are the using ed- different guys. Oh, for the editors? Yeah, the, a lot of the same editors in like the first five actually uh-huh. that we covered. Now it's starting to be a little bit more sporadic. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So it's not like we do have different guys coming yeah, in. Yeah.
1: But I, let me tell you, this this is where I went back to the um uh the Justin uh the not the Justin Wan, uh the James Wan oh, yeah, uh yeah. directed one because I was like, man, the editing's good here. And how is it not by ten? You know what I mean. They have more money.
0: Oh, Oh, three hundred and forty million dollar budget. Three hundred and forty million. And what what's kind of shocking is that F eight second most successful made one point okay. two billion. Oh, okay. And then uh, Fate of the Furious or F nine mm-hmm. drops big time seven hundred oh, wow. and something million. Interesting, interesting so now it's like well it's the 10th one let's just throw an it's almost an extra 100 million dollars <laughs> from the budget from nine to ten
1: yeah yeah that's
0: crazy. 340 is absurd yeah yeah and i guess that's not going into the editing
1: right right uh it, it's real bad uh, and like i said just just rookie moves all over the place uh for this I've never really brought up ADR added audio lines in post production uh, before as a critique. Uh, this is not something I really have to critique because usually ADR lines are for like lower kind of, you know, B list, C list type of movies mm-hmm. that they're coming in because it's a sloppy production when they're making it and they have to kind of scrap it together in post production. But there uh, is a mind blowing amount of these ADR lines and it is so, so no- noticeable, very sloppy. Anytime a character his mouth was not shown what they were directly speaking they are you you hear them speaking in a sound booth and i can't help but oh, feel that this is also gosh. like you're kidding me like uh, studio notes as well to shift around easy lines into whatever plays best best with test audiences okay
0: that's path- one that's pathetic <laughs> yeah uh, J- Justin Lin again is at writing this, by the way. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, th- are you th- sure it's
1: not like an ongoing credit for him or is he's actually in? Yes. No, the ongoing.
0: Okay. Yeah. The ongoing credit is somebody else. Okay. okay and that's okay. Gary Scott Thompson, actually, got it, got because it. he's part of the car. He built the characters. So yeah. he's always going to get some cred. Sure. Justin Lin is probably in the right, properly in the writing seat here. Wow. Story and screenplay. Yeah. Now, the thing is, and that ADR for also where it's heavily used and people can notice it and kind mm-hmm. of roll their eyes mm-hmm. is when it's, it's when a movie is brought to television and there's curse words mm-hmm. in it and they have to, uh, Family Prove It or Prove yeah. It for, for... Bingo. So curse words will be really hilarious sometimes or something like that. There's mm-hmm. famous ones in like Die Hard and everything <laughs> yep, like that. yeah yep. um yep. Or move, Snakes on the Plane. <laughs> sure, yeah. and Sure. <laughs> and, you know, I, I have noticed it a couple times. The funny thing is they've used it a, a couple times in Free Solo. Oh, really? The Alex Honnold one, yeah. Interesting. Because they wanted to keep it PG-13, but because uh, it's documentary field, there's too many F-words in it, yeah, so they had to cut it kinda, through. Yeah, and does t- what he wants. And anyway. I'll tell you what, when all of a sudden you have... It's so when it's noticeable, man, it, it, it noticeable. Ta- takes you out. And like you said, it just sounds like someone is in a studio mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's like, could you not capture just some background noise? Yeah. Play it over. I mean, it's three hundred and forty million dollars. Right. You should have audio engineers out at the wazoo. I, I, I'm telling you, uh,
1: it, it it sounds like they're in a sound booth. It's noticeable. If you don't notice it specifically, there's a sequence where Dom turns his back and walks towards the kid in like a, I think the shot has is of the, the stairwell in his house and i'm telling you i mean it was it was seriously seriously worse than then than when they had to compensate for paul walker dying i feel like they did a better job trying to cover up things Man. with tech then uh and no reason to cover up now and this uh, is film 10 yeah yeah <laughs> film 10 so uh, if, if folks if that if that's more production nitpick if that doesn't matter to you Uh, What I would say is that if you plan to see Fast 10, maybe try to keep an eye out for it because I feel like it was really just such a cut and dry, uh, cut and dry example of just bad ADR and bad post production tricks. Yeah. uh, That, um, I don't know. Uh, Write in if you think of it. If you had to count it, (laughs) because,
0: yeah, yeah, we've spent some time on it, but if you had to count how many?
1: Countless. No. Uh, but at a certain point, I wrote down the note and then I was moving on. Okay, right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. So, but enough of that. Let's let's chat about the scraps of story that Fast X is co- cobbled together from. Once again, a ghost from Dom's past creeps out of the shadows to take a shot at the king. This time, it is the son of the Brazilian crime lord from Fast Five, played by Aquaman, Jason Momoa. Dom and crew are. Painted to be international criminals once again, forcing them on the run. But a lot is covered in that because, once again, we have this multi-story juggling uh, yet again. We get a Dom having a personal story. We get Letty now having a solo story. We get the rest of the crew scrambling to find purpose to exist at all in the story. <laughs> um, we get a much deeper story with the Feds and Interpool plotline. And we get finally John Cena playing this comedy uncle now. Like, what? (laughs) The thing is, like, it kind of works as scenes, but it's just such whiplash among all of it. It's just like, oh, my God. It's like... It's like going to a buffet and putting literally everything on the plate. (laughs) Like, oh my God, nauseous. Uh, (laughs) This is obviously a self-inflicted wound by the growing cast of characters that never die because of their plot armor, but once again, is just impossibly sloppy in presentation. Uh, And boy, is this one family overload because uh, why are all these characters... Trying to give a damn in the first place, it's because of family, so you know we we hit the mark. <laughs> hopefully, for the last time, I'll have to say techno Babble for many, many reviews, maybe all year. I really hope uh the script is almost nauseating uh ludicrous genuinely just needs to stop talking at this point. <laughs> he says <laughs> he says a line with like a micro emitter gamma wave, like oh my God, it's just like. Please, please. The lines aren't even giving enough room to breathe because they're obviously meant to be nothing, but now are rushed through with this sloppy editing showing its ugly face again. Mm. Uh, So it kind of quickly spotlights how nonsensical they are in the first place. Uh, Once again, slipping into a worst area. I haven't talked about trimming the fat on runtime for the entire franchise. I know I'm very proud of myself, folks. I didn't say trim (laughs) the fat once. But seriously, Separating the crew gives them nothing to do. I feel like all of the main auxiliary crew are left hanging in the wind, especially now that Letty is further giving a solo story, with Dom now having a solo story. Uh. Their involvement is distinctly pointless throughout the whole runtime. And honestly, with this new two hours thirty or just shy cap. Uh, we could have really cut them out altogether and probably made a much stronger film. I feel like. Oh wow! Okay, sure. I feel sure. like it's 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 so pointless that if we cut them out entirely and just say it, hey, the crew's elsewhere, we're kind of focusing just on Dom this time. Um, you could almost understand it. I I think it would be like significantly better.
0: Wow! Yeah. I mean, no, that makes sense though. Yeah. Slim it, trim it. Absolutely. And be there what works. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. If anything, the, the the old standby: get to the finale, get <laughs> get to the action. So. <laughs> Reprising his role as Spy Kids 1 Thumb Monster, Vin Diesel is showing some surprising emotion, actually, here. As to my disbelief, far from the worst part of the movie. Uh,
0: So we have a
1: happy ending. No.
0: <laughs> we have a, yeah, well, we have a, our bookends. Yeah. Because in one, you didn't hate his acting and was actually okay. In this one, it could be a positive note. It's kind of all right. Uh, I
1: would maybe give him some more praise in this department if it wasn't so drastically off balance with our villain. Tonally, all of our villains so far, and I mean like in every one of these movies, have just operated on rule of cool. They're evil people. They like doing evil things. They maybe got some world domination goals mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Vin has simply had to match that in his own way, in his own family themed, uh, you know, way. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but Vin has to contend with much more than he can handle this time around. Buckle in, folks. Jason Momoa. This performance is truly, truly awful and may be the series first outright horrible villain. This is what I mean. This was not a problem for nine Goddamn movies. Wow.
0: And not that they were like unbelievably electric. Right. But they weren't terrible. But they
1: weren't bad. They were just villains. Man, I can't say I'm surprised. Mm. Uh,
0: I, I I really don't like Jason Momoa. Oh, right. Really? Yeah, yeah. Not, I mean, not that I'm defending him. No, 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 for not. sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have never been a fan. I just don't think he has it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I hate uh <laughs>
1: I mean, this is just a colossal, and I mean it, folks, a colossal amount of hammy, over-the-top acting that it becomes beyond annoying. He dresses like a genie. He twirls and conducts explosions while they go off with his hands. Uh He calls Toretto pet names like Dommy Boy. What? <laughs> and worst of all, this manic Joker energy is just so woefully mismatched with... With a crew, with every single air actor that is in no way in a position to try or can match that energy, they they haven't been trained to match that energy. Right, right. They've only matched other villains with just amping up their cool family theme. Let me tell you, this 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 manic energy is just such a a mismatch because it leaves them just slack jawed and mm. without any wit to combat him with. I would, in a nutshell, describe Momoa's performance as half Batman Joker, half Nick Cage and face off.
0: Uh, wow. That's
1: how hammy we're
0: talking. Wow. Okay. Maybe,
1: maybe portion leaning to Nick Cage face off. It was something about him conducting uh, explosions. <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah, Jason Momoa is, you want him to be, he's supposed to be just super cool. Right. Or tough like, guy. Yeah. You want to be, yeah.
1: We'll see with Aquaman coming up later in the year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 Listen, folks, while this may tempt some of you hearing that description of just such over-the-topness in Momoa's performance, this movie is a train wreck. I assure Mm. you, it is all just cringe. Uh, The byproduct of this manic, witty writing that he has, and performance mostly, is that none of the characters can hang with it. Dom Toretto most of all. Uh, so while Momoa is dancing around on screen, he not only looks like an idiot, the other characters are brought down by it because they feel like slack-jawed morons not able to sling comebacks back at him. Mm. They're mm. not empowered by this acting. Momoa has sunk this entire thing in, in, in like the most <laughs> selfish way possible. Like, if If someone is meant to be cool, give it to your main people. Yes. Give it to the guys that have tried to be cool for this entire Mm -hmm, franchise. Absolutely, yeah. Now they sink with the ship because Momo is trying to do, like, the most overacting I've seen. I mean, I don't know. I was... I was slack-jawed
0: in the theater. Wow. (laughs) I can't believe it's that much.
1: Uh, It's... Nominated. I can't believe
0: it's that much. again, he's a big buff dude. You think he'd just be like, he, oh. "I think he would be cool, cool, mm. badass, intimidating." Right. And he's just acting a fool. Right. Yeah.
1: Another perfect example is Charlize is in this. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, and yeah. How he interacts with Charlize, even she, like her, it's her. This you don't cool know what demeanor, to do with this. She child. does. It, yeah. She she fails. The character fails because <laughs> he's become a an absolute cartoon, and it's just total cringe. Like I, I don't like using the word cringe but like it's, it's skin crawling i wanted to jump out of my seat wow the okay all right um <laughs> man but i mean that that's really the heart of it folks uh it, it's momoa sinks the ship uh, and 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 has collateral damage you know there's collateral damage usually in these car stunts yep. you know they never talk about the collateral damage of Bystanders getting wrapped up in, in the the sheer mayhem. Uh, the collateral damage this time is on the actor level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Momoa, Momoa is is almost solely to blame. Um, I hate to not have many stunts notes for this um, and this far into the movies. But honestly, I, I I think I might have been numb at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll talk about nodal stunts. There is a bomb ball in Rome uh, that is basically a shout out to Fast Five, which is pretty cool. Uh, A lot of cool destruction, and Rome is an interesting kind of racing city as well. And where would we be without new Carfu wrestling move from Dom? Uh, This time, he grapples multiple... helicopters (laughs) from the seat of his charger to whip them around in some sort of weaponized way. Uh, (laughs) I can't make it up. (laughs) Folks, this was flat out a bad movie, but honestly got worse. There is an absolute garbage cliffhanger ending to
0: this. Oh yeah. I mean, you teased it last week. You were like, they're talking 11 is happening. Yeah. And very potentially 12. uh, 12. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I I don't really have to comment on cliffhangers so much uh, or too much uh, for the podcast, but it's seriously unsatisfyingly early of a cutoff for the finale. Oh, um, okay. Just to push Fast just, 11. Yep, okay. I feel like even fans might get a little pissed at this because it's, it's like such a cliffhanger. Yeah, okay. It sucks because so much of the film was juggling all these characters for such little to be accomplished in the plot to begin with to then end with no satisfaction to the plot then, right. it's all set up and no payoff. And even without that, the movie fl- failed in such a new and uniquely bad way, it really feels like the end for a different reason. Uh, but we all know the wheels are on the wagon for a little bit longer, and maybe my nightmare is that the NOS will never run out. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and give Fast X... Get ready okay, for it. Here we go. A 31. Wow. Oh! Whoa! It's the worst. Without a doubt. Wow! Without a doubt in my
0: Woo. mind. What a way to end. <laughs> yeah. Wow, for That real. makes me very happy. Yeah. <laughs> you got to flush out the low numbers. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so we have three in the 30s.
1: I love it that... that- <laughs> That gets these the poetic. Yeah, I like it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, that bomb ball scene, yeah, that was yeah. in the and I again, po- like I, I talked about it last week. I posted again in the newsletter where mm-hmm. that's what's there's b roll and behind the scenes footage of that's those scenes being filmed. Oh, so okay. Cool to see an actual fiery ball going yeah, sure. down. Yeah, and actually sure. going through a van and everything yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. causing some commotion. Like that, yeah, that was kind of cool. It's The mayhem. So check it out if you want there on, on the newsletter. Absolutely. But uh, other than that. Uh, Okay, Vin, thirty-one. Shocking. shocking, truly shocking. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it because again, I just figured, okay, we're in the tenth one; the action is just going to be so cool or awesome, you know. But right,
1: more budget than ever, uh-huh, uh, more uh-huh. callbacks than ever. Uh, but I-, I think it really just boils down to that cliffhanger ending. It's it's distinctly unsatisfying.
0: This is unbelievable. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching oh, all these and it. doing this.
1: Listen, like I said from the uh, the beginning of the last episode, um, surprisingly easy watches. I mean, as much as uh, it's a lot of shitting on it, right? they action film. You know, it's it's you know trying to put into words why it's so bad. <laughs> it's uh, it, it was easy watches.
0: The funny thing is, is it, in the beginning we didn't talk about this last week. In the beginning of kind of you watching these, didn't you send me an article where? The production company was going to pay someone a thousand dollars to sit <laughs> yeah. down and watch all of them. Yeah, a little bit of
1: clickbait article going around, but uh, yeah, specifically they wanted to count how many car wrecks were in all of them. And I, I wasn't keeping track of that. Okay, I-, right. I had enough work to do <laughs> 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 for whatever scam company would send me a thousand bucks in gift cards. Or so,
0: <laughs> so how do we want to? Do- so we'll go down through all ten scores here. Sure. Do you want to start with worst to best, best to worst?
1: Let's do best to worst, okay,
0: so best of worst was okay, got my sheets here scout yeah, my scouting report here uh, <laughs> best to worst, best, too fast yeah. too furious Say it. <laughs> Notably the worst, as far as like most oh yeah fan- yes, okay. The, the
1: history of it is uh critically panned
0: okay, so sixty three percent is as high as the franchise goes. <laughs> 63 percent. We should just end the episode there. <laughs> too Fast, Too Furious. In second place, we have The Fate of the Furious, yeah, yeah. number eight, mm-hmm. with a 59 percent. A tick below, we have Fast and Furious 6, with a 58 percent. Then where do we go from there? We have Fast 5, with <laughs> yep. a 55 percent. Then we get, of course, uh, we get the very first one, the, the Fast and the Furious, with a 51
1: Oh, I think Tokyo Drift is fifty three. <sighs> Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <That's>,
0: uh, <laughs> <the> <laughs> yes, okay. So. That
1: sigh was so <laughs> was so real, it was so unprompted.
0: Uh, yeah, you're right. So Fast and Furious <laughs> six with a fifty eight is number three. Yep. Fourth best is the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Tokyo Drift with a fifty three. Fifth best, right in the middle, the Fast and the Furious the first one with a fifty one. Okay, then we get. F9, the Fast Saga, with a 46%. <laughs> yep. And then we're jumping all the way to the 30s immediately, and they're all pretty similar. Furious 7 with a 34, Fast and Furious with a 33, and Fast 10 with a 31%. Unreal. That's where we're at. I think my least favorite title, now that I know about the saga, okay. there actually might be bra- Some brain cells that put that together. <laughs>
1: connective tissue there.
0: Um, I would say Tokyo Drift is super long.
1: Yeah, clumsy.
0: Yep. For sure. The the thing is, it's not even the name's solely just themselves. I'm too fast and too furious. It's just funny. Yeah. But it's it's just the fact of there's no commonalities to anything. Mm. Guardians of the Galaxy. Then you have Volume 2. You have Volume 3. Sure. You know what I mean? It's just, I I don't know why they couldn't just.
1: Maybe some car puns. (sighs) Maybe, maybe, you know what I mean? V8. You know, but it's annoying because furious, it, it's V8. just like this yeah. first
0: film is The Fast and the Furious, and yeah. then the fourth film out of 10 is Fast and Furious. Oh, right. right. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, that, that's the big hurdle. We're all, all over the place. And then it's like F9, The Fast Saga, The Fate of the Furious, <laughs> but then F8 <laughs> is labeled everywhere on everything. I
1: know, I know. Yeah.
0: Do you have any closing notes, Finn?
1: Uh, listen. My only note is that, one, this was not a pain as much as uh, there was, uh, you know, an exhaustion, I think, mean, in both of our voices. Yeah. Um. This is exactly what I love to do. I love to watch things in order and call heads or tails on which ones are the good and which yeah. ones are the bad. This honestly scratched the same itch that I like when doing a director's study or something like that. It, it is know? interesting.
0: I mean, listen, we did all ten, which is great. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So... Yeah. That's fun. It's funny because it's just there's so, so so many of these are so similar. Yeah, you have the ones in the 50s, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one in the 60, one in the 40, and then you just have three in the 30s. I mean, we are in a fast and furious. We'll have to come up with some type of thing. The
1: fast puddle. The
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. The what?
1: furious drippings.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, but but that would be the only thing I have to comment on. And um and folks, listen, like I always say, if you like these movies, I think maybe even more than ever. These movies are meant to be popcorn. I, I I don't see a problem in liking these movies, despite maybe my my comments with the action sequence uh, in the one. But uh, let me tell you, I mean, I I just think for me. As, as, as much as they try to go for a cool factor, there's much cooler, there's much slicker around, and maybe we can get to that. Uh, for a long time, and I haven't brought it up in a while, but mm-hmm. I was thinking about doing some sort of special on racing films through the decades, right. uh, and trying to see what makes, and call heads or tails and what makes an actually good racing sequence, you know? This definitely helped with that. Oh, wait, For so better or worse. That's
0: still my <laughs> comment. Maybe we'll sprinkle them in there yeah, throughout. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. All right, Finn. Very good. Yeah, back next week, kind of with just back to normal, just a bunch of different movies. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, hopefully you can pick some that you've been looking forward to, something like that. Right. Some of, some of right. the old ones, just yeah. something for you. Finn. Thank you so much for, for, for watching these, sitting down, taking notes to them, stopping by here and uh, being with us for a little bit. Folks, thank you so much for listening. And I'll just run down these five again here. We have Fast of Furious Six with the 58, Furious Seven with the 34, The Fate of the Furious with the 59. F9, the Fast Saga with a 46, and finally, Fast 10 with the 31%. Folks, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week on the Daily Ratings Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, if you would... Could you give a Gus, could you give us a good rating or tell a friend about us? If you're wondering if a film is worth a watch, or if you just like to see more movie ratings for Vince, be sure to stop by thedailyratings.com, where we have our ever-expanding catalog of films. Also, if you found value in the podcast or our site, become a producer and go to the donations tab on thedailyratings.com. You can donate whatever amount of value you feel you receive from us. We're looking to build this into something large and great, folks, but we also want to be independent from those corporate sponsors so we greatly appreciate any support from you all. So thanks so much, and we'll see you next time on the Daily Ratings Podcast.